Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Pastor Jim Harris will lead us through the interpretation and application of Mark chapter 2, verses 23 through 28. The Pharisees, again, the religious elites of the time, were dogging the steps of Jesus and the disciples to find some fault that they could use to discredit Jesus in front of the people. They didn't like it that he was so popular. They saw their positions threatened by it. And it didn't help that every time they tried to embarrass Jesus, it backfired on them. Well, do you know any modern-day Pharisees? People who are so self-righteous that they spend their time watching and judging and correcting others with annoying little nitpicky things that really don't matter? Learn how Jesus once again highlights the hypocrisy of Pharisees and what we should take from his lesson Here is today's slice of the message entitled, The Sabbath Was Made for Man. Come with me, please. We're in Matthew chapter 2, and if all goes according to plan, we're going to finish that chapter this morning. Remember that we are in this span of time that in Jesus' life, even though this is early in Mark, this is the, the, the middle chunk of what he did, about a year and a half that is called the Great Galilean Ministry, great in magnitude and breadth, and done in Galilee up north. And in the text for this morning, Mark 2, 23 through 28, Jesus is going to use yet another encounter with the Pharisees. That was pretty much a daily event. And he's going to use this one to expose legalism, to explain the Sabbath, which was the Pharisees' biggest club that they used in their version of legalism, and he's going to use it to teach who he is. Now, not long before this, and and you have to piece this together by looking at the four Gospels, and every time I teach through a Gospel or preach through a Gospel, uh, one of my favorite books on the planet is The Harmony of the Gospels, where you can see Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in four parallel columns and see how they, how they fit together. And um, not every gospel contains everything. It's like the life of Christ in quadraphonic surround sound from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so you can check this out for yourself if you want to, but it appears that not long before this event, Jesus left Galilee and he went down and visited Jerusalem for one of the annual feasts of Israel, which was his habit. And while he was there in Jerusalem, he did the first, it seems, really splashy, at least Jerusalem-oriented, splashy confrontations with the Sabbaths, uh, with the, the view of the Sabbath held by the Pharisees. He healed a man on the Sabbath. Oh, the audacity. guy had been crippled for 38 years. Jesus healed him, and the the Pharisees were absolutely infuriated. Why? Well, they should have been rejoicing that a guy that had been sick for 38 years, and you can imagine what shape his body was in if he hadn't walked in 38 years, but he was walking around, and, and he carried 
the little mat, the little pallet that he'd been lying on by the pool of Bethesda, and the Pharisees were infuriated. You can't do that. You're carrying, some, you're carrying something on the Sabbath. Well, news of that confrontation, I'm sure, got back to Galilee even before Jesus did. And now you have the, the uh, cruel, judgmental, insensitive, Scripture-twisting Pharisees all the more dogging Jesus every place He goes in Galilee, uh, watching for Him to do something that they didn't like or something like healing that guy on the Sabbath. And, well, He, he didn't disappoint. You know, if, if the Pharisees were going to be honest and if they wanted to relate to our culture, they would have walked around wearing striped shirts and carrying yellow flags and whistles. They loved to throw flags and blow whistles and call fouls. That was their idea primarily of religiosity. So I couldn't decide this week. I had to kind of flip a mental coin. Did we title this by the words from the text, The Sabbath Was Made for Man? Or did we title this by the title in the text, uh, Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath? Well, I'd done that once before in Matthew, so this time I chose the Sabbath was made for man because that really is a theme. We're going to work through verses 23 through 28, three simple points. Don't add to God's Word. Know what it actually says and then know who Jesus is. Let's start out with don't add to God's Word. Mark chapter 2, verses 23 and 24. And it happened that he was passing through the grain fields on the Sabbath, a Saturday in other words. And his disciples began to make their way along while picking the heads of grain. The Pharisees were saying to him, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And the yellow flag plunked down and the whistle went off and they were duly offended in calling a foul on Jesus and his men. Now, we can't say exactly when this happens. Mark just says, and it happened. That isn't specific. We know it was still during the, the great Galilean ministry. We know uh, All we know specifically about the time is that it did take place on a Sabbath, and it does seem to be likely soon after he had returned from that incident in Jerusalem. Jesus and his disciples were walking along the edge of a field. Paths went through the fields. That was how you got places, was mainly by foot, and they actually had footpaths through, uh, through fields. So it was very common for, to literally be walking through someone's crop on the, on the footpath. They probably were making their way to a synagogue, or perhaps they'd been at a synagogue, and now they were coming back, and his disciples were hungry. So they took advantage of a specific provision of God's law. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verses 24 and 25. It says this, When you enter your neighbor's vineyard, then you may eat grapes until you are fully satisfied, but you shall not put any in your basket. If you're hungry, you can snack, but don't get a to-go order. All right, that's the point. When you enter your neighbor's standing grain, then you may pluck the heads with your hand, but you shall not wield a sickle in your neighbor's standing grain. Don't ride your motorcycle through. No, wait a minute. Sickle, sickle. Um, don't, don't harvest your neighbor's grain for your profit. But it was God's instruction to His people 
that they should uh, take care of each other and that they could rely on liberal sharing in cases of hunger. You could snack, you could eat what you needed to satisfy your hunger, but you just couldn't harvest the other guy's crop for your own profit. So what the disciples was doing was not only not wrong, it was specifically okayed by the law of God. Oh, but the Pharisees had a different idea. They were looking for ways to be outraged, and they did throw the flag. Because here's the deal. The Pharisees were legalists. Legalism twists Scripture. Let me give you some some definitions. Legalism is a terrible spiritual disease. It's a way to give an appearance of being righteous while you totally miss out on God's righteousness. The essence of legalism is when you make something a standard of righteousness which God doesn't make a standard of righteousness. Now I call it scripture twisting. It's another term that we use from time to time. What do we mean by that? Well, let me suggest to you, scripture twisting is when you do any of at least four things. One is you change the meaning of Scripture through sloppy research or intentionally uh, redefining things. I heard a, a guy on the radio the other night just absolutely butchering something about uh, the meaning of a word. And, you know, he might have looked it up in an English dictionary, but he didn't pay any attention to what the word meant by the original writer to the original readers in their uh, in their setting. So you can change its meaning just by being sloppy or by intentionally altering it. Secondly, you can ignore the grammatical and or historical context of things. Um, studying words is a good thing to do. Word studies, good, good thing to do. But you've got to understand the meaning of a word is always determined by its grammatical and historical context, not just in isolation. You know, you can take a word and apply it in different, um, in different situations, you know, or, or, a, or a phrase like hot dog. You know, it, it can be uh, a warm puppy, something you put in a bun, in a, bun a, a, a show off on the basketball court. You know, there, there's a lot of different ways you can use things and you have to pay attention to what it was meant in, to mean in its original setting. Third way you can twist, twist scripture is by adding to what it says. And I'm going to give you exhibit A today in what the Pharisees did in this situation. The fourth thing you can do is take away from what it says by either overruling parts of it or ignoring parts of it. Now, the Pharisees did both. They added to it to the point that they overruled it. Uh, The Sadducees were uh, very liberal. They just ignored, they rejected major portions of the Old Testament. Now, There are variations on those four, changing the meaning, ignoring the context, adding or taking away from Scripture. But that's the essence of what we mean by how to twist Scripture. Now, what is the Sabbath all about? Well, Sabbath means seventh. Um, Some believe it comes from a root that means to cease. Uh, The essence of the teaching on the Sabbath is not complicated. It's very simple It's very straightforward. God said, do your work in six days and take a day off for rest, 
for worship every Saturday. That's the Sabbath. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.